to the Dame's Dropback Podcast. I'm your host, Damian Bartonic, and today I have a very special guest via Zoom. Today I'm joined by the host of the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network and host of Sirius XM's Big 12 Radio, someone I have great respect for in the business, ladies and gentlemen, Ari Temkin. Ari, my man, how are you doing today? Damian, I'm great, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm just, I'm excited to talk with a Cowboys, a Cowboys like reporter, radio host, everything like that, because it's different. You know, I'm, you know, being here covering Washington, you know, here in Texas, I'm surrounded by Cowboys fans. It's not very, you know, common that I'm hearing, you know, uh, Washington football team thoughts. It's going to be interesting to kind of hear your perspective on the team as well. Uh, I'm very, very excited, man. Very honored to have you. Yeah, I think the Cowboys and football team are fairly decent rivals, actually, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I, so I mean, that's, that's you a better good not guess. be hearing much Redskins talk. <laughs> that's a, yeah, it's, it's the, you know, that's just a guess, but... Uh, I'm honored to have you on the show. I'm super excited to hear what you have to say. Um, you know, we have a jam-packed episode. You know, I hope the listeners enjoy just, you know, two dudes just talking about football. Um, you know, for the listeners, we're going to be discussing, you know, the NFC East draft classes collectively. Uh, we'll have two to three topics on each team, kind of give our analysis on each team respectively. Uh, we'll throw around some thoughts around their, you know, their draft classes, you know, hypothetical or two, whatever. Uh, we're just here to have an all-around good time. So we're going to get right into it really quickly here. Before we begin, though, uh, follow Ari on Twitter at Ari Sports and follow my Twitter page at Dame Dropback. And so let's get right into this. The Philadelphia Eagles, you know, they're a team that's kind of looking like their front office is headed towards incompetence. Uh, on the field, there's a little <laughs> bit of medi- mediocrity. Uh, you know, as a Washington football team fan, someone who covers that, I know exactly what that looks like. Uh, but, you know, they turned out a pretty solid draft in my view. But for you, from your perspective, you know, what grade would you give the Eagles uh, for their 2021 draft class? Yeah, I mean, it, it, in terms of draft grades and such, and I'm always, you know, I, I think it's obviously a big part of this, this part of the year, but I always defer to, you know, what's the credibility of the front office and, yeah. you know, what is there, if there are questionable picks or certain questions about certain picks or approach or stuff, I always go back to like, well, how, you know, how has this group done in the past? You know, how, what's, what's the credit? Because again, you know, if you've got a, if you root for a team or you follow a team that's consistently missing in the draft and taking risks and and those guys don't pan out or whatever, then you have a, you know, then there's probably a good, que- good reason to question, you know, the draft and the decisions and, and, you know, as opposed to, Hey, this team's front office has done really well. And so let's question their picks, you know, that kind of thing. And I, so, so with the Eagles, you look back and there was a point in time after, um, the Eagles won that Super Bowl that, you know, I mean, Howie Roseman was like walking on water, um, you know, and and so I think since then he's taken a step back in terms of you know, credibility, not just from Eagles fans, but um, nationally. I, I will say they do a really good job drafting defensive players, because if you look at what they've done defensively, especially in the draft, there are a lot of, you know, premier talented players that they've drafted. And, you know, guys that they've drafted are still with them, guys they drafted that moved on after in second contracts. So I, I do think that there's a certain credibility that they have drafting on the defensive side of the football. I like Zach McPherson, the corner out of Texas Tech. I think he's a good player. I really liked Kenny Gainwell, um, who had not only has one of the best nick, uh, names you can have for running back, but good value there deep in the draft. They've they've struggled a bit at the running back position. I think, you know, this with Miles Sanders now, that they, they're, they're a pretty potent backfield. But, I mean, quite honestly – you know, aside from just the credibility that they have from, you know, being pretty good at drafting defensive players, I do like what they did offensively, um, especially their first two picks, Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson. The thing about Smith is he obviously won the Heisman and was fantastic, but he, to me, 
I just thought Jalen Wallen and Kyle Pitts were, were just above and beyond in terms of talent, in terms of can't miss prospects. Yeah. You know, I like Jamar Chase a lot. I do like Devontae Smith, but I, there's just so much depth in the draft at wide receiver where you get guys like Rondell Moore, Elijah, Elijah Moore that went in the second round to where, you know, even deeper in this draft, you can argue there are guys that, that could be impactful players. So, you know, I don't, and obviously that that's a pick that will always be traced back to the Cowboys since the Cowboys, <laughs> uh, were, you know, agreed to trade with them. But um, yeah. I'd say overall, I liked their draft. I thought they had a pretty mm-hmm. good draft. And, um, you know, I think Landon Dickerson is probably my favorite pick from for the Eagles had. Yeah, I, I personally like on a, on this like the grading scale that, you know, we know I'd probably give it like a B or a B plus uh, just because I did like the Devontae Smith kind of how they uh, worked out with the Cowboys. Uh, Landon Dickerson is another one that was very good. Uh, I know we're kind of different on uh, McPherson a little bit. Uh, I didn't have him in my top 10 DBs, but that's not to say like I'm a genius and they're dumb or anything like that. It's just that I just didn't re- I wasn't really high on him to begin with. But Kenny Gainwell, that was that was a great pick. That's I think that was. If it if it wasn't for the Dickerson pick, I think that'd be like their best pick of the draft. I mean, he was he's really good um, and really dynamic. I kind of wanted Washington to kind of go after him uh, on day three, and and the way that they scooped him up was 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 crazy. That was a great pick for Philly, um, and like you mentioned too, with their front office and everything, they're kind of headed. You know, Howie Roseman. I know uh, uh, Doug Peterson. Like after that Super Bowl, everyone was like, "Hey, this is like the best for co- uh, coaching staff and front office in all the NFL." And now, you know, looking back at it, it's or looking at it now, it's completely different. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to agree with you. You know, Gainwell was a great pick. Um, Dickerson was great, and even Devonte Smith. Personally, I was fine with them with the, uh, you know, the Waddle and the Jamar Chase going really early, uh, just because I, I think Chase is going to be a, uh, an All Pro at some time in his career. And Jalen Waddle, I mean, like I, I know player comps are kind of tough, but it's the closest thing to Tyree Kill since Tyree Kill. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to take that risk, I think, for uh, for some teams. Um, so I'm, I, I understand it, but, uh, Devonta Smith's going to be interesting. That's going to be an interesting because analytically no player of, of his, of his measurements, um, of his, of his, you know, at, at his, you know, breakout age and everything, there's never really been a player. I believe that's like had a great career. Um, so he's might be an outlier, like to the rule, which is going to be interesting to see, um, from an analytical perspective. But I think, I think Philadelphia, you know, I don't, I don't really have too much more to say about them personally uh, because I feel like they had a solid draft. I feel like this was a step in the right direction, uh, but man, it, ultimately it's, this is going to be a huge year, I think for Philly uh, either positively or negatively. Cause I mean, I mean, they're sitting at moving up to number 10. Uh, they're believing in a second round quarterback, Jalen hurts. We know the numbers, uh, you know, they speak that I believe it's only three or four quarterbacks uh, on day two and day three actually have like a five-year careers or something like that. It was a crazy number. I was looking at the other day and uh they're, I mean, they're going to be in a tough spot. So this is a huge year for Philly, no doubt. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really a huge fan of Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, not to say, I mean, I, I love his story, and and yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's a gamer and a great competitive player. I'm just, you know, just not a huge fan of his ability in terms of being a, a big time passer in the league. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, we'll move on to the Giants because that's a team I feel that's you know a big sleeper in the NFC East. Um, but that's not to say that I enjoy their draft. Uh, let's see, uh, you know. Like I'm like I asked you with the Eagles, what what grade would you give the Giants for their class? What did you like? What did you not like? Uh, I thought the Giants had a really good draft. Um, you know, quite honestly, I, Aziz Ojolari was one of my favorite picks in the draft. You know, it was a really talented linebacker that they were able to get in the 50th pick. Um, you know, the, the what's funny though is they really spent a ton of time drafting defense, 
And this is a loaded defense. I mean, you look at the NFC East, the Giants and, and football team, both just dominant, you know, really good chance to be top 10 defenses with question marks on offense. And the Giants, I mean, you mentioned it, the, the, the sleeper potential with them. I mean, they're really good. They're loaded. The only question is the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, but their first round pick, I know there were some questions about whether or not they should have taken Tony in that spot. Um, you know, I do wonder who they would have taken if they had stayed, not, not traded with the Bears. Um, you know, I think they liked the, the options at playmaker. I, you know, I don't know that I like Tony in every spot, but I do like him kind of paired with what the Giants have at wide receiver. I think they could use him along with, with Galladay and Shepard, and he could be a really big time player for them. But yeah, I mean, you, you, look, the, their offensive line has been bad. They've really improved their offensive line pretty dramatically. Um, the, the running back, we know how good that is, especially if Barkley stays healthy. You know, they've added, you know, some some playmakers with Tony and Galladay and Shepard and Slayton, um, you know, so defensively, they're really good. They've added more players. I really, again, I really like Ojolari. Um, it's just whether or not they're quarterback. And that's going to be pretty consistent here across the board, the NFC East, obviously, except for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think the what the Giants, what I thought was interesting was the move, the move back um, and selecting Tony, because personally, I always felt that Tony was a surefire first round pick. I know a lot of people like analytically the that community doesn't like him. Uh, the tape community loves him. And I was kind of like, I felt like he was a first round pick. No doubt. I felt like if he was around around Baltimore, uh, I thought he would have been a, you know, a pick for them. You know, I, I think I understand his, his, um, his usage in the NFL, like in an offense, same thing with Ojalori, but I think there's the common thing with them too, is I believe they're much more athlete than like technical skill at this point, especially with Ojalori. Um, I do like him. That's not to say that I think he's a bad player. It's just that a lot of times I think with the Giants, what they're looking at now is we need athletes at this point. You know what I mean? Like at, at you know, above all else, sometimes, you know, you can win in the, well, not sometimes you can win in this league, you know, consistently on pure athleticism alone, not against elite talent, but, on, you know, on a, on an equal playing field, there's a lot of time athleticism just, just beats instinct sometimes. Uh, and so I feel like that's what they did with Tony uh, and Ojolari as well. Uh, I feel like they were, that's not to say they were bad picks. It's just that, I think the Giants are just looking for athletes and, you know, if that's what I believe they were doing and that that's what, you know, seeing what they did, uh, I think that's a fair assessment. I thought personally they would have went Elijah Vera Tucker at 11. Uh, That's just my opinion. I thought that was going to be a really good pick for them just because he's so versatile along the offensive line. And that's another guy who's really, really polished coming out. Uh, You know, like you mentioned, their line's been bad. They've, you know, they've improved it, but yeah, man, the Giants, the Giants class, I'm not going to say it was bad or anything because they, for what they wanted to do, they succeeded hundred um, percent. And so I understand why I understand where, So they what went. is it that they wanted to do? I think they wanted pure athleticism over, let's say. Um, so for example, Rashad Bateman is a technically, technically all around as a wideout, I, th- I believe is better than Kadarius Tony as a route runner, his release off the line of scrimmage, you right. know, the, the plethora right. of routes in the streets, but you know what Tony has that he doesn't is top tier over the top athleticism. Uh, I think totally. I think Tony's uh, North, South, East, West is just a better athlete, you know, speed quickness wise than a Rashad Bateman. So, and the same thing with Ojalaris, I think a lot of it is just athleticism when he's trying to win, uh, win in his pass rush. He doesn't really have many counter moves or anything like that, but athleticism is a great base to have, you know, for success. So, you right. know what I mean? Like, you know, he, he, it's, I understand what they did and when, you know, why they went that route. Um, did you, yeah. And you mentioned the quarterback. That's kind of what I want to transition to with the Giants. You know, like you mentioned, they've added a lot of help, right? They've added a lot of help for Daniel Jones. How big of a make-or-break year is this for Danny Dimes? 
I mean, I would say this is pretty similar to the the situation in in New York last year with Sam Darnold to where, you know, if this is a team that's once again finds itself the top 10 to draft, and and if they do, it'll be because of the quarterback play, then they're probably looking at replacing Daniel Jones and and moving on from him. I you know, I it's funny because you can come up with a bunch of reasons why Daniel Jones can be a good passer and good quarterback in this league in the same way that going into last season, you could do the same thing for Sam Darnold. So it's just to me, a very similar situation. Obviously it was a, a break year for Darnold. I think it was so much more than just Sam Darnold. Obviously <laughs> it was the coach and, and lack of playmakers and just lack of everything, but Danny Dimes is certainly in a better position. So as, if you're a fan of every other team in the NFC East, you got to think, Oh, maybe there's a little bit of fool's gold here with Daniel, Daniel Jones, because this is just a better team around Daniel Jones than what mm. Sam Darnold had for the jets. Um, so, you know, maybe they sort of talk themselves into him being the guy when, you know, he doesn't exactly show that, but it's more about, you know, the running back, the wide receivers, they have the defense, they have all the pieces around the offensive line, that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, it, it, it's so tough. The, the development of quarterbacks is stunted by a few things. You know, normally they're drafted so high to teams that have so many areas <laughs> of concern around them. They can't, you know, they don't build efficiently around them, you know, and then they're, they're, they need to, they, they're thrust to start right away and they need to, they need to perform at a high level right away. So, you know, you know, and then you have the incentives to take quarterbacks in the first round of the draft because they're slotted for pay. And so, you, you know, you don't have, um, to, to break the bank, to draft a, when you draft a quarterback, you get them on a cost control deal for five years. So you you're incentivized to take them in the first round. So I, I just think all of that plays into it. Um, and why teams miss a quarterback so often in the first round, but I, I would, I, you know, I think the approach by the jets, the bears may be a little bit different because they've traded away nine picks now over these last two quarterbacks, <laughs> but you know, keep swinging if you miss in the first round, because you're eventually going to hit yeah. most of these starting quarterbacks, the NFL are first round picks. And so, I mean, you, you, you know, you, you get five years on a cost control deal for most important position in, in football. I, I say keep taking cracks at it. Yeah. And, and closing on, on the giants and with Daniel Jones, I definitely understand, you know, where you're coming from. Uh, especially, I think personally, like if, if he struggles this year and the giants, like obviously hypothetically, we don't know, you know, injuries and all that other stuff plays into, you know, plays a factor, but if he's having a really tough year, this is a lot of talent around him. Like this is a, this is a pretty solid group uh, of players, you know, at wide out at running back, uh, you know, if the line, you know, continues to improve, maybe they move Andrew Thomas around a little bit. Uh, but this is a really solid offensive group. I feel, especially yeah. at the skill positions. Like, I, I mean, it's, you know, respectively, like, you know, respectfully, he would have to kind of try hard to mess this up. Like this is a pretty <laughs> solid group. You know what I mean? Uh but I mean, like I said, like I mentioned, and you know, we, like we talked about with the Giants, I believe they are a sleeper. Uh, it under, like, like you know, we both agree, it all mainly is going to fall on the play of Daniel Jones. If he can play as an, like an average starting quarterback, I think the Giants could win nine, ten games, no question about it. I mean, hey, yeah. they might even win eleven with now seventeen, you know, seventeen games. <laughs> but right, uh, let's transition to the team you cover, the team you know, uh, the team you know better than me, and the the team that rules the football world you know it's the dallas cowboys uh on draft night we saw the cowboys kind of get robbed of two high level corners right under their nose you know they've been criticized whether fair or unfair about being conservative in the draft where do you stand on that debate you know i look i mean the the cowboys have been really good in the draft you know this kind of goes back to the credibility thing on on you know the front office and you know the cowboys have 
really since Stephen Jones sort of took over as the primary decision maker there from a personnel standpoint, you know, they have, they have invested a ton in the draft. You know, they don't spend much money in free agency. They rarely make trades. They're just not very aggressive um, with, with players outside their organization. They, they have a, a system that they believe is the right system in which they're going to be drafting players and then developing those players and then signing those players to second contract. So, and, and when you look at it, I mean, this is a team that's a Super Bowl contender this year. Um, and they built the bulk of their team through the draft. And um, if not, you know, the majority of it through the draft. So they've done well in the draft. The one area, certainly you can argue that they haven't done as well as drafting impact players on defense. They've drafted, they've drafted good depth pieces, but you know, in terms of impact players, they just haven't drafted a few. I mean, Byron Jones is a guy that's an impact player that they drafted and then, and then he walked Demarcus Lawrence is an impact player they drafted. And um, you know, he's still there and signing on a big deal, but, I mean, you look at some of these other guys, first, second round picks, Leighton Vandrash was really good as rookie year and has really disappointed since then, has a lot of injury issues, and his fifth-year option wasn't picked up. Uh, Jalen Smith is a guy that, you know, I mean, he certainly played a lot of snaps and, and can be a productive football player, but a second-round pick, you probably want more uh, out of a second-round pick. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is a second-round pick, you know, so yeah. you're, you're looking for more out of it. Randy Gregory, another guy, second-round pick, has been good, but he hasn't played much. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, hopefully he's on the other side of it. So, um, you know, you, you look at, I mean, tr- Taco Charlton's the ultimate bust there as a first round pick on the defensive side of the ball. So that is where they've struggled. That's why their defense was so bad last year. And they, they went heavy defense in this draft. They had 11 players that they drafted. I'm shocked they actually ended up taking 11. <laughs> they had, they went into the draft with 10 picks. They obviously trade down with the Eagles to pick up an 11th. I thought for sure they'd trade up in the second round with one of their extra thirds. They didn't. Um, the, the third round was a very interesting round, I think from the Cowboys perspective. And, um, I mean, this is, you know, from the moves they've made on the defensive side of the ball in terms of free agency and then the draft, I think they've improved their defense, certainly from where it was last year, historically bad defense from a Cowboys perspective, but you know, it, 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 they'll, they'll win a super bowl based on the strength of their offense, but they can certainly lose an opportunity to win a super bowl because of their defense. Yeah, I think with the cow, like as, as it pertains to the the corners and everything like that, that's obviously I believe what they wanted. You know, I, I'm not in the in the war room with them, but that's what I think they would want. Was you know they wanted either a, a horn or a certain. And uh, I had a buddy of mine text me, and he was like, "Hey, what are the odds? You know that horn or certain are gone at ten by ten? And I was like, "Man, I don't think we. I think you have you got a shot at one of them." And lo and behold, you got to wait till you know the, till the draft goes, and now you'll see what happens. And I was surprised when horn and certain yeah. both were off the board. Uh, especially especially Denver with Denver how much money they spent on defense this year I did not think Sertain was going to be the pick there uh, but I think um, I mean Cowboys fans I wouldn't be upset uh, with that I mean it's kind of that's out of their control I mean not only that too like are you going to really trade up you know for a corner like that's kind of you know that's kind of tough and not only that like you mentioned them drafting impact uh, impact players I mean you kind of in some perspective you have to be you know there's a good chance you have to be bad to even get, you know, a shot at, you know, high level impact players. For example, Washington, we were horrible. Uh, and then you drop Trace, Chase Young falls right into your lap at number two. Like sometimes you just have to, you know, be a bad team. And the Cowboys haven't been a, a perennial bad team. So, I mean, sometimes that just kind of falls on, you know, your your personnel on the field, uh, your coaching, whether people like Jason Garrett or not. He was good enough to have them at winning seven, eight games a year. So, I mean, that's kind of that, that's kind of the, the, the tough part on that. But, uh I think personally for me, my favorite pick for the Cowboys has to be Jabril Cox. 
I thought that was a home run. I put it on Twitter. I was like, I think that's the best pick of the draft. I, I like, because I had, for me, I, I thought he was a second round uh, talent. I thought he was a surefire should have won the second round. Him falling to the fourth round was crazy to me uh, just because of how excellent in coverage he is. I believe in the senior bowl, according to pro football focus, they said he didn't allow a catch in the one-on-one portion of the senior bowl. That was a home run for me. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to hear how, you know, how you stand on that, but I think he's immediately the best coverage linebacker uh, in that room for Dallas immediately. Oh yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. I think, you know, with what you're looking for in this draft for him to be sitting there at pick 115, it, I mean, it, that's, it's an easy pick to make. Um, I do like the Micah Parsons pick. It was, you know, sort of a polarizing pick from, I think a lot of Cowboys fans perspectives, but you know, I'm a fan of him. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. The, the, the argument I had was if the Cowboys clearly wanted one of those corners and JC Horner or Patrick Sertan, I think that would, you know, that would have drastically changed what they did in this draft, obviously because of what they did in later rounds. Um, like my thing is if that's, you know, if JC Horn's your guy, I think it was JC Horn. That's certainly the guy I would have taken if I had the ability to take the, the best corner in this draft, you, then make the move and go up there and get them. You know, this is sort of goes back to that theme of the Cowboys just not being aggressive enough and hoarding their picks. I mean, who knows what it would have come down to? Would it have been a future one that they needed to give up to do that? You know, maybe that's a little bit too steep, but I, I just feel like if, all right, if, if, if JC Horn's your guy, then go get him, you know, then, then because you need help at corner. If you think that this guy can step in and be a lockdown corner right away, then go get him. I, I, I like Kelvin Joseph. I think he's got a lot of skills and maybe he ends up becoming a better player than JC Horn, but I think there's way more of a uh, development time for him relative to a JC Horn, you know, where you need guys that can step in and, and be impact corners right away. And you're looking at a, a project that Trayvon Dix, who was really good last year, but still just a you know guy that hasn't played corner that long, you know, converted yeah. wide receiver to Alabama and, yeah. and Joseph similar there where I think there's, you know, there there's, he, he he's a gamer. He seems to play his best against the best competition but I still think that there's development there. Um, I agree with you on under Bill Cox. I also liked uh, Osa Oziggy do uh, Odigi Zua, mm-hmm. the defensive tackle from UCLA, yeah. a little bit undersized, but um, just unbelievable arm span and wingspan and reach. Um, you know, you, you talked about uh, the, the giants going heavy on athleticism. So do the Cowboys the Cowboys very yeah. much went heavy on athleticism, Micah Parsons, Odigi Zua, um, you know, nation, Wright Is another guy that, that was a very questionable pick. Their third pick in the third yeah. round, the, yeah. the the six foot four corner out of Oregon State that, you know, a lot of people didn't watch film on or haven't projected at yeah. all. Um, so that, you know, that was an interesting pick, you know, and, and I, I think both the Cowboys and football team may be looking at some of the way the corners shake out here and wonder why they didn't take some of these other guys. I, Afetu uh, Melfonwu from Syracuse, a guy that I thought was probably ranked higher than both of the corners that the Cowboys and, and football team took ahead of them. Oh yeah. So um, and Elijah Molden, Elijah, Elijah Molden, Molden. another very uh, yeah, good one. There's a, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of players this list I probably would have taken over um, over Nation right, but you know, um, root for the kid. Um, you know, that's the thing is it's like you hate that you have to rip some of these kids where it's like, it's not their fault. They were taken yeah. higher than they, they, you know, that they were projected to go. Yeah. And, and they're all, they're all my age basically. So I'm like, I feel bad. Cause it's like, it's like, I, I envision me like young, young me, I'm in, or me in the draft. Like right. I would hate to hear this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But uh, before we conclude on the Cowboys, I have just one, one last question on him. Now that the draft's concluded, you know, there's still plenty of free agents out there. What position group do you feel is like the biggest need for the Cowboys now? Corner. I mean, yeah. R- Richard Sherman would be perfect for them. Yeah. The oh, problem yeah. is they're not they're not going to sign him because he's you know they just don't sign 
guys over 30, you know, <laughs> eight, nine, $10 million a year that he's going to want. But I mean, in terms of, you know, Dan Quinn is their defensive coordinator, you know, you, you, you so there's the familiarity there with Quinn and, and Sherman going back to their Seattle days together. And they just need a leader like that. Um, a leader at the, for the corners, you know, I, they just, they were so bad last year at cornerback. They, you know, were bad the year before that, but, but had Byron Jones and then lost him. And, and yeah. so you just, you're just very inexperienced there. You've got a lot of projects there, you know? And so to me, that's, you know, it's an important position. It's a passing league. I would definitely look to try to improve through free agency at corner. Uh, Sherman's the guy I would do it with. I think he's, per- I mean, especially because, you know, Nation Wright, the thing about him is it's like he projects to be that Richard Sherman type. So, you know, why not bring him in and help him, you know, help, help develop a guy like Nation Wright, help develop your corners, that edge bringing a guy that's, you know, rah, rah for the Dan Quinn system that understands that system. It seems like a perfect fit, but I doubt it'll happen. I think it's, you know, again, they just don't sign free agents, especially guys over 30 to especially guys for, you know, eight, nine, $10 million a year. Yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent. I think corner is definitely the biggest need and Sherman would be a home run. Uh, I'm done with the Cowboys. I think it's time we close this episode out on the football team. Uh, Some people say the team with no name. I think the name is the football team. So I'm all for it. I'm hashtag keep the name the football team um we're gonna start with Jamin Davis uh you know Mel Kuyper and and you know football host Mike Florio said that at 19 that was a huge uh reach do you feel like Jamin Davis at 19 was a reach let's go back to the idea of who's making the picks and how much credibility they have right so Bruce Allen Dan Snyder horrible (laughs) Yes, yes right yes okay so who's making the decisions now Ronnie Riverboat Ron this is and if, uh, you know, there's not to say that Ron Rivera is, you know, a flawless coach, he certainly yeah, has yeah, flaws, yeah. Yeah. but my God, is he no defense? Does he know good <laughs> defense players? Does he know linebackers? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you could argue he's a reach, but I'll, I'll defer to Ron Rivera who really knows good defense, knows <laughs> good defensive personnel, has drafted well consistently on the defensive side of the football, has coached really good linebackers, whether it be as the defensive coordinator uh, for his time in Chicago as the DC, I mean, coaching and helping to draft to develop Lance Briggs and Brian Urlacher at the defensive uh, uh, linebacker position. And then, of course, you go to San Diego, some linebackers he had when he was the DC there. And then, of course, the head coach of Charlotte with Luke Keekley. So, yeah, I, there's a history here that suggests he knows what he's doing, specifically the linebacker position. So, yeah, yeah I, again, Bruce Allen's making this pick. Yeah, it's I'm, a reach. Yeah, we're upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ron Rivera makes the pick, and it's, you know, again, maybe it doesn't work out, but I'm just saying, like, we don't. We don't know. There's so many misses in the draft. So much of how we evaluate and grade drafts is based on our perceptions of players before the draft. So what I look at is who's the guys making the decision. And there's a certain credibility here for a guy like Ron Rivera on the defensive side of the football to where, yeah, I like the pick. I'm riding with the pick. Yeah, I had I was really high on him coming in. Um, I actually tweeted, I believe it was on in the middle of March. Uh, I was like, Jamin Davis at 19, give me that all day. Uh, I said, give me Jamin over Zayvon Collins or, or JOK at 19. Uh, and, you know, now that, you know, they've selected him, I know a couple of uh, Washington B reports have said there's interest in moving him to Mike. I originally thought he'd be a will linebacker, but if they're going to move him to Mike, he's definitely athletic enough, sideline side uh, wise, uh, you know, range, tackling, everything like that, instinctual, uh, you know, to make that move. Uh, but the only thing that, you know, kind of worries people is, hey, he's only had one year of production, essentially. Uh, he's only played, he's played under a thousand snaps at the position. Uh, now he's done very well in those snaps, but obviously you're going to need, you know, you, you need practice, you need playing time to really kind of see what, what he can do, where he can go. 
uh, and his best fit. But I personally like the pick. And I do Dan- think the experience ahead. thing matters at certain positions. I don't know that mm-hmm. it matters in this case. You know, okay. I just I think it's it's either you got it or you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Y- yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, he flies around. He makes plays. Yeah. Again, I mean, look at the guy who drafted him. You yeah. Know? It doesn't guarantee he's gonna win. He's gonna be a win. But I I I really like I like the. I mean, and look, he's also. You know, he's also going to a pretty good defense. Yeah. And and especially to a pretty good defensive line. Yeah. So that is going to make a linebacker's job much, much easier when you have as disruptive as a defensive front as the football team has. Yeah. And it was and last year the linebacker group was really was that was Not definitely good. the week with the weak spot yeah. of the team uh on defense was that's without a doubt. I mean, you wanna if you want to watch some interesting uh linebacker play, go watch that that Buccaneers and football team game in the playoffs. It was really bad. Uh, and so it makes sense why they selected him, and I'm and I was happy with the pick, and I I was glad they took him. Uh, you know, uh, you know tech, something else that's funny too, by uh-huh. the way, about the football team naming? Uh-huh. Yeah, is so I on on my show this morning on Big Twelve Radio, uh-huh. you know they have the 2022 way too early mock drafts that come out. Yeah. So we we actually went back and looked at the 2021 way too early mock drafts that came out right after the 2020 draft. Yeah. Just to sort of see, you know, what do we learn from that? And what's funny is, man the football team was the second pick and basically every one of those mock drafts. So the perception. <laughs> so, I mean, and it's funny because Jacksonville was number one in most of those drafts. So they most got it right with Jacksonville taking Trevor Lawrence at number one, but everybody else had Washington at number two. So it goes to show you what the expectations were about this team going into the season. And obviously oh, yeah. they, they picked a little bit later because of the winning the division and such, but um, it, it was just really funny to look back and see you know, the perception of, of the football team at this point last year was, they're going to be brutally bad. And yeah. obviously we see, we see what happened. Oh, and, and now they're ranked number 13, I believe, according to it was Bleacher Report or, or Pro Football Focus kind of going into the season after the draft. And last year they were number 30 after, you know, drafting Chase Young and everything like that. They were, yeah, they were the 30th best team according to many people. So yeah, this, this group is definitely, it's, it's coming a long way. I don't want to say it's arrived, uh, you know, because quarterback's still a major issue, uh, but they selected, you know, a guy I was really high on in Samuel Cosme from Texas, um, I spoke that one into existence similarly with Deami Brown. I just feel like they were both the Ron Rivera guys, especially Deami Brown, uh, his willingness to be a blocker. He reminds me of not necessarily in skill of Terry McLaurin, uh, but McLaurin, when he was selected, his biggest thing was, Hey, he's going to block. He's a willing blocker. He's, he, you know, he's special teams. Uh, you know, he's extremely fast athletic uh, and he's, you know, great blocker, you know, does the dirty work. Deami kind of comes from that as well. And uh, I feel like those are two fantastic picks. Uh, Cosme, I'm really, really high on just because, athletically he's he's amazing and that's what washington went with uh i don't know if you um are a big fan of like the relative i believe it's relative athletic score or ras is what it stands for and all of washington's picks are like out of 10 9.1 9.2 like they're just going athlete 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 um and kind of like the giants you know well, what the giants did washington did a similar thing from washington's draft what was you know your personal like favorite pick that they made so probably their first round pick honestly mm-hmm. so kyle trask was on the board in the second round they took cosby right yes yes he was now look i i like cosby i think that's great value this is a guy that that many projected to be a first round pick in fact you go back and look at the, some of those 2021 mocks yeah and and you know cosby was a first round pick out of all of them uh really good player um I, i'm very surprised that they didn't look at drafting a quarterback in this draft and i you know look i, I when you're drafting a quarterback in the second round which would have been the case for them, you know, you, there's a risk obviously. And, and so there's no guarantees just like there isn't if you're drafting one in the first round, but 
Trask to me was that, you know, that, I mean, I, I thought he, he was better than Mond in terms of projection. You know, I, I look at a kid that didn't start in high school, but stepped into a situation of Florida where he was thrown into the fire and looked, I mean, you look back at his film when he first took over for, for Felipe Franks in Florida and he was bad. Yeah. He looked like a guy that had not started a long time. And so his growth over a short period of time, like that's something I I'm looking for out of players. How, how, how much do they improve over time? And look, I mean, he didn't, he obviously did not, he struggled a ton uh, against Oklahoma uh, in, in that sugar bowl game. But I mean, look at how many players were not playing. Yeah. You know, it goes back to what's around. So I do, I was curious as to why the football team didn't take a quarterback, you know, Fitzpatrick, his sort of MO has always been step into a situation with a young rookie quarterback and start for a few games before the rookie takes over <laughs> that. I mean, again, kind of like the giants, uh, the football team way better defensively than the giants because the football team maybe have, has the best defense in all of, in all of football. Um, I'd probably, the playmakers, I'd probably take the Giants playmakers uh, over the football teams, but not to say that, you know, Terry McLaurin's a good, I mean, like they've got players. Yeah. They're a quarterback away. So I'm, I was surprised they didn't spend a pick, especially there in the second round. Yeah. An opportunity, in my opinion, to take a guy that could probably start for you right away or at least compete with Fitzpatrick. That's maybe the one question I have about, you know, why not look at, 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 at quarterback? Um, but I do like Cosby. That's, I mean, that's not to take away from Cosby. Yeah. I think he's a good player and, and I, I like that pick. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and then, um, I mean, I, I, I think again, you kind of, at the end of the draft, you do a good job to buoy some of your defensive end rotation with, with Shaka Tony and, and William Bradley King, um, two guys I like that'll be rotational pieces on a defensive yeah. line that maybe get, you know, a few snaps here or there, yeah. uh, but just bulk up what you have at the pass rush, try to, uh, you know, bulk up your rotation a little bit there. Yeah. I think Washington they're, they're drafting, especially, uh, drafting a couple of late DNs. A lot of people, a lot of people, uh, pre-draft were telling me like Washington shouldn't take any defensive linemen. And I was like, Oh no, that's crazy. They definitely need to take right. something. I was like, because you're an injury away uh, to a chase younger Montez sweat to where you're bringing in uh, James Smith Williams and stuff like that. And it's, you're going from, from a elite level player to a, you know, light rotational pass rusher. Like it's, I mean, as great as the interior pass rush is from Washington, nothing beats a, you know, it doesn't matter how good it can be. Nothing can replace that chase young. And even these guys can either, but they're definitely upgrades of over what they have right now. And it's all about depth uh, when it comes to pass rushing as well. So I definitely, uh, I, I definitely was fine with it. And I thought they, that, that they should have drafted defensive lineman there. Uh, another thing that I really, really liked um, that you mentioned was Kyle Trask. I know according to Kime and JP Finley that they did like Trask. Uh, but I know just like we were mentioning, I know, you know, quarterback, you can't, you know, just draft athletes there and everything like that. But I know they do like to move stuff around a lot. Uh, I know Trask isn't the best athletic, you know, quarterback, but I do, I did like some of the stuff that he did show on film, uh, you know, outside of that one bowl game, you know, he had a pretty solid year. I mean, 43 touchdowns to eight interceptions. He was, he was pretty solid. I mean, Washington surrounding him with really, you know, some high level talent there as well. Um, I mean, I could have definitely seen them selecting him. It's just that I think they really want to just attack certain needs that were, that were big needs. Like they, Washington needs a left tackle. They need quarterback a, got a big need, but no, no, no quarterback is a big need, but they're very confident in Fitzpatrick. So that's why I understand why they didn't, but that, I mean, that just goes to show they're extremely confident in Fitzpatrick. Like they are, they really, yeah, like that's, him. that's misplaced. I mean, I, yeah. And this, this to me is sort of the, the, the one, 
you know, the, the Ron Rivera thing. And I love yeah. Ron Rivera, you know, yeah. but it's like, you're, you just can't, it's pretty proven. You're just not gonna be able to win at the high. Like maybe they could, yeah. maybe they could win the division, be a playoff team again with him, but then you're not winning a Super Bowl with him. Yeah. You're, you're capped yeah. because you just can't like, you're not <laughs> winning in the modern NFL. You cannot win in the modern NFL with a dominant defense and a average to below average quarterback. Yeah. You just and- can't. Yeah, and I understand that too, and I and I agree. Like they definitely need to find an upgrade. They definitely need to get a, a long term solution that's better than Fitzpatrick and that can actually you know give you five, seven, eight years of, of production. But I think what I'm saying is I understand why they didn't just because of their belief. But that's not to say that I agree with it because I was kind of like I was rubbing my hands together like oh Fields is coming like oh Fields like Fields is dropping like 13, 14. I was like man Fields might be there. But um, I've also heard some things that, hey, if Mac Jones was there in 19, they probably would have selected him too. So they were just being – they were being ultra conservative in this draft and kind of just selecting BPA uh, at positions of need if they were there. Uh, but like I said, I think it's – I thought it was a fine draft. I don't really have much to complain about. Um, and I think overall the NFC East in totality did pretty solid. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it, it is definitely a, a division that's changing – in terms of, you know, now you've got the, the football team and Giants who have really good defenses, you know, and, and the Cowboys and Eagles seemingly for the last five, six years were fighting it out. And now I think the Eagles have, you know, probably the fourth best team in this division um, with the new coach, questions at quarterback, you know, but but even though, you know, the, the Cowboys struggled last year when Dak got hurt, you know, I think if, if Dak stays healthy, it's their division to lose. Um, you know, it's just – and this is sort of the, the, the contrast between how you win in the NFL today versus, you know, the Cowboys versus the football team where <laughs> football team dominant defense, just an unbelievable de- defensive line. Cowboys don't have anything close to resembling okay. a dominant defensive line, but they have a dominant offense yep. with tons of weapons and tons of playmakers. So, yep. you know, we'll see. Yeah. And that's, that's all I got for you today, my man. Uh, I appreciate you. And I'm, I'm, I'm honored to have you on. You know, back you talked to me when I was a little high school senior man, and now I'm a senior in college. Uh, I just I've, I've seen your growth, and it's been awesome to see. And I'm glad you know to have you on my show, man. It's been this was this was great. You're welcome. My anytime. pleasure. I, I appreciate you uh, reaching back out to me, buddy. Um, keep up the great work. Keep doing what you're doing, and um, you will uh, you, you'll go a long way in this industry, my man. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. And uh, with that said, my name is Dame Bartonic. This is episode four of Dame's Dropback. Uh, follow my man Ari Tempkin at Ari Sports. Follow me at Dame Dropback. And we're out of this thing. Peace.